1: If you're confused about how serious Lamar Jackson's PCL injury is and about when exactly he could return, that's probably because there seems to be confusion going on inside the castle at Owings Mills, too.
2: Yeah, a new report from Rich Eisen reveals that the Ravens organization and their star quarterback might not be on the same page.
1: I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, January 4th. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault.
2: So as you more than likely know by now, Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin experienced a cardiac arrest on Monday night football. And as we tape this episode, he remains in critical condition. Not that this is even remotely more important than his life, but being that Bengals bills was postponed as a result it does have an impact on the Ravens. Those details just ahead.
1: Plus, Jeff Zreebik calls the Ravens offense a, quote, wasteland for wide receivers.
2: I'm certainly looking forward to topic three. We have all of that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. Remember when John Harbaugh was asked on Monday, Sarah, whether Lamar Jackson would return to practice this week? Well, Harb said he doesn't know, and we assumed that that was coaches speak. But based on a new report, maybe he really doesn't know at all.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a real possibility because according to national reporter and broadcaster Rich Eisen, well, he spoke to the Ravens almost three weeks ago. All the way back then, they thought Lamar was going to be back playing by Christmas Eve.
3: I don't know what's going on with Lamar, because when I spoke to the Ravens, when I saw them um, in week, what was that, 15? They all mold together right now. Um, yeah, it was week 15. That Saturday night game in Cleveland. They were all saying, we're, we're going to get Lamar back, I think, next week. He could have played now, but he doesn't want to play with a brace on. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to really do that until he's 100% healthy, and he's still not back.
1: So there's a few things to break down from that soundbite, but I think my top takeaway here, Bobby, is that Lamar and the Ravens simply aren't on the same page when it comes to his injury. That Christmas Eve return timeline matches up with reports from ESPN's Adam Schefter and NFL Network's Ian Rappaport.
2: Yeah, and those are three heavyweights when it comes to national news reporting. So for all three of them to have the same timeline lends credence to the idea that Baltimore expected number 8 back. And now here we are, though, three weeks later, Sarah, and John Harbaugh still doesn't know and can't even provide an expectation when asked if he'll practice this week. And remember this, too. The timeline also coincides with Harbaugh being a bit prickly the Wednesday after Christmas Eve, when he was asked for more details of the seriousness of lamar's injury
4: john with lamar it was reported that he had a pcl injury do you know if that's a strange or strange situation yeah i'm not really just dis- not, not for me to say you know just uh i'm just coaching the guys out here right now
1: yeah harbaugh clearly wasn't happy that day and i had wondered if he had gotten bad news before heading to the presser not getting a healthy qb back qualifies as bad news if you're a head coach but I've seen a couple polarized reactions to this report from Eisen that I want to touch on here, Bobby. First, I've seen people say that this was the organization throwing Lamar under the bus. And second, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've seen people saying he's quitting on his team, that Lamar is. Now, I don't think there's evidence to say either of those two statements are conclusively true. So for those that don't know, key coaches and players from both teams always meet one-on-one with the broadcast crew for that week's game. So there's no doubt John Harbaugh and several other key people from this team spoke with Rich Eisen and his broadcast partner, Kurt Warner. They both called the game action for Ravens-Browns. And so to me, this just sounded like an organization back in week 15 that was excited that they were about to get their MVP QB back. At least they thought they were going to. And why wouldn't they be? The offense is dead in the water without Lamar. And by the way, in order for the organization to be, quote, throwing Lamar under the bus, as some are accusing the team of doing, That would mean that you think that it's wrong for Lamar to want to wait to play until he's healthy enough to not need a brace. Now, as we were just reminded by DeMar Hamlin, this game is violent, and it takes a serious toll on players' bodies. So I don't think that it is wrong for Lamar to want to protect himself by being healthy enough to not wear a brace and avoid hits that are coming his way. Now, does that constitute that he's quitting on his team like some others on that other opposite end of the spectrum are accusing of him? No, I don't think so. Not in my book. Now, Bobby, I've said this before. I would not be okay if Lamar was milking this injury and using it as a contract ploy. Again, I've said this before. Contract holdouts are for May and June, July, or even September. If you want it to be the whole year, okay, but you got to start before the year. They're not for after you've already committed to your teammates and played most of the season. They're not for December as you prepare for postseason action. So if Lamar is just wanting to get closer to himself health-wise, I'm okay with that, especially since Jeff Zriebeck reported that he saw Lamar walking with the limp again in the locker room after the Steelers game. That tells me that Lamar is still injured. So he's getting healthy. And that is 1,000% legit. But using health as a contract negotiation tactic in December is not legit in my book. I would not be okay with that. But to me, the evidence points to the former. He simply wants to get healthy. Okay, so now Bobby, everybody, or I should say nobody, is 100% healthy, especially in December. J.K. Dobbins is proof of that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens once the playoffs begin. Because the playoffs... This is what all players dream of. It's what they work for. It's what they sacrifice for. It's this moment, a postseason shot. So I hope Lamar is healthy enough to play, but that's a call for him and the doctors.
2: Well, one thing's for sure, Sarah, and that is the fact that this offense is a shell of itself without Lamar. We both know that. They're just not going to be able to put up enough points to keep up with the elite offenses of the AFC without eight. It is too much to ask of the defense to keep those high powered offenses to under even 20 points. That's why it's going to be very important to see if Lamar returns to practice later today. If he does, that puts him back in a decent time frame to ramp his knee back up for the wild card game coming up in just a couple short weeks. Now, in the meantime, more from Rich Eisen.
3: Tyler Huntley is doing what he can, but this team is a totally different animal when Lamar Jackson is behind center. Or in shotgun. A totally different ball of wax. And he's got to come back. And he's got to be Lamar. Because you're looking right now at the rest of the AFC playoffs. Talk about a great time to be alive. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Let's go. Are in the playoffs in the AFC. Finally. And it could very well be and I, I believe it will be Trevor Lawrence getting his first role at it. Yeah. And those are your five other quarterbacks that are currently most likely to be a group of five. You got to have Lamar. You got to have Lamar.
2: And still to come here on The Vault, we're sending our absolute best to Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, and also unpacking where things stand right now for the Ravens, who are scheduled to play their regular season finale in Cincinnati,
1: Bobby, I know that I speak for both of us when I say that we are pulling for Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, who remains in critical condition at this time of this taping after suffering a cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati earlier this week.
2: Yeah, we're pulling for DeMar and the heroic medical professionals who are operating on him currently at this moment. At the university of cincinnati medical center watching what we saw play out on national television was jarring traumatic and quite frankly downright terrifying and we weren't even there in person sarah i think about Demar's mother who was in attendance i think about his family members who were forced to helplessly watch things unfold through the tv screen i think about his teammates and really every single member both past and present of the NFL fraternity. And one of those past members is former Pittsburgh Steeler, Ryan Clark, who as a current analyst for ESPN, found himself in an impossible situation, trying to process DeMar's emergency while on national television with Scott Van Pelt.
5: This is about DeMar Mm Hamlin. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career. And there was probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game, and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know. I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever Outside of football, that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I um, I dealt with this before and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it, and now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money We should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, Damar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team.
1: Yeah, wow. Bobby, I really appreciated Ryan Clark's transparency and his perspective as a former player who has been through serious injuries. I mean, to the point where he said that teammates were crying at his hospital bedside. That is scary stuff. Nobody wants to be there. And so it's a good reminder of what players put on the line for this game.
2: Yeah, no question. It was tremendous perspective and something that, honestly, we probably all needed to hear in those moments. Now, you know what I'm still waiting to hear, though, Sarah? Why, based on messaging directly from Joe Buck on Monday Night Football, along with other credible outlets as well, there was reportedly a five-minute warm-up window given to the Bills and Bengals not long after DeMar was transported off the field via ambulance. Now, while I completely understand that there were a slew of logistical challenges to be mindful of in those moments, like TV rights, contractual stuff, scheduling, future scheduling, and so on and so forth, I'm of the belief that as soon as this became a life-or-death circumstance, I mean, hey, with over eight minutes of CPR being administered to DeMar, that's life or death. At that point, the game should have been postponed immediately. Period.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it's interesting because, Bobby, the back and forth between a league spokesperson and ESPN itself, well, it contradicts one another. So NFL executive Troy Vincent claims that the league never informed the two teams of a five-minute warm-up period and strongly denied such reports. But then meanwhile, the network, ESPN, released the following statement, quote, There was constant communication in real time between ESPN and ESPN. And league and game officials. As a result of that, we reported what we were told in the moment and immediately updated fans as new information was learned. Close quote.
2: Sarah, the unfortunate part about this predicament is that there's really no way of proving a side right or wrong. It's turned into a he said, she said spokesperson and PR statement circus, really. And that's just sad. And what I feel, honestly, is yet another example of how oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, big business can dehumanize professional athletes. But I suppose that is a conversation for another time.
1: All right. So, Bobby, while we do continue to remain sensitive to DeMar's ongoing battle, for sure, there is the reality of the Monday night football game between the Bengals and Bills that was postponed, as we mentioned. And that game had major implications on the AFC North and where the Ravens stand entering week 18. That all can't just be ignored. The NFL still has to deal with it.
2: Yeah, so basically here's the deal. As we mentioned on Tuesday's morning vault, Baltimore needed a Bills win over the Bengals in week 17 to still be in the running for the division crown, right? But being that that game was never completed, and as far as we know right now on Tuesday evening... It's not going to be resumed at any point this week, so it leaves the Ravens with more questions than answers entering the final week of the regular season. Now, Again, as we tape this, Baltimore is still scheduled to visit Cincinnati on this coming Sunday the 8th, but a time has yet to be announced by the NFL, something that prior to DeMar's collapse likely would have been decided based on Monday Night Football's outcome. Sarah, if there's one thing that's clear in all of this, it's that the Ravens won't even have a shot at the AFC North title if they find a way to beat the Bengals on Sunday, but since his game against the Bills, is never resumed. So, we just want to kind of continue to monitor this, continue to have grace and patience, and again, all of this pales in comparison to DeMar Hamlin and the critical condition that he remains in. These are just the facts of the matter. So I posted a video Monday on my personal YouTube page where I discussed Deshaun Jackson's cryptic Instagram story that simply featured the angry emoji that also had some symbols representing cursing over the mouth, Sarah. And I wasn't sure if Deshaun was expressing frustration with the Steelers' loss, frustration with the current state of Baltimore's offense, his lack of workload in it, or maybe even his frustration with a potential injury. He was seen pulling up after a route. So that could have been it. But regardless, partner, I felt like it was a good opportunity to revisit a topic we know all too well.
1: Yeah, I mean, whatever the post was about, Deshaun was clearly upset and frustrated about something that happened in that game, which leads us to a theme we've seen a lot in Baltimore over the years, and that's frustrated wide receivers. And it reminded me, Bobby, of a tweet from the Athletics' Jeffs Reback this week when he told one of his followers that the Ravens' offense is a, quote, wasteland for wide receivers
2: man i gotta tell you i love jeff i really do it's a strong quote right and why i'm kind of chuckling is that jeff's not known to be all that hyperbolic but it's just true a matter of fact he's often very careful and exact with voice and criticism so i am super curious about the background that uh, led to this back and forth sarah
1: Okay, so it started with a fan understandably complaining about Lamar not having enough passing weapons outside of Mark Andrews. But that fan, in my opinion, started complaining about the wrong thing. He complained that the Ravens didn't select a wide receiver in this last 2022 draft. But as Jeff pointed out, Baltimore's front office put in the most draft assets of any NFL team at the receiver position from 2019 to 2021. And that included six receivers overall, four in the first two days, and two first rounders. Bobby, that's significant investment.
2: Right. The issue at receiver hasn't been the lack of draft investment. That's not the issue. The issue is that they can't develop receivers consistently, and they certainly won't spend significant cap dollars on free agents in their prime. That's at the core of all of this.
1: Right. And so that's why Jeff wrote the following quote. He said, you could keep pouring draft picks into the position all you want until there's other changes made to shift the offense, meaning scheme, play calling philosophy. You're not going to get great return from your draft investments at the position. That movie has played out. You know the ending. Close quote. And then Jeff added this, Bobby, and this is the key. If you want to complain about the Ravens and their wide receiver position every single year, this is the key. Quote, their issue is the type of offense they're running. (laughs) And what's that type? He's saying it's that's what is the wasteland to wide receivers. He continues, quality in their prime wide receivers with options don't want to play in it. And young drafted wide receivers have struggled to gain their footing in it, close quote. So, Bobby, it's the offensive and team philosophy that's the issue. So you can go and you can fire Greg Roman. You can keep investing first-round picks. Heck, you could even do what Buffalo did and pay a legit receiver like Stephon Diggs. But until the organization changes its offensive and salary cap philosophy, the wide receiver wasteland will persist and until that happens we'll continue to see baltimore rely on the deshaun jacksons of the world sammy watkins and demarcus robinsons in december and january those guys they're not getting opportunities elsewhere so they give the wasteland a try but in the end as deshaun jackson is finding out the wasteland only ends in frustration
2: and before we fly some other quick news items you need to know beginning with this powerful tv moment presented by espn's dan orlovsky on tuesday
4: through the midst of absolute tragedy last night i think you saw some of the beauty of football Mm -hmm. as well that it's brought us all here together um you know like this is a little bit different i heard i've heard it all day like thoughts and prayers and you just heard sheriff and jonathan allen say like all we can do is pray for him and I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for. It is. Demar Hamlin right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head and I'm just going to pray for him. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. We're Um And we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 Elsewhere, as
2: of Tuesday evening, the Ravens are showing their respect for DeMar Hamlin by lighting up M&T Bank Stadium with red, white, and blue, a.k.a. the Buffalo Bills team colors. And finally, DeMar had actually launched a toy drive for underprivileged children back in 2020 in his hometown of McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, Sarah. Now, prior to his cardiac arrest Monday night, the drive had a goal of raising $2,500 and had tallied almost 3000 As of early Tuesday evening, donations had skyrocketed to over $4.9 million and counting.
1: Wow. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got. Thank you for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault. This is a podcast unaffiliated with the team. and We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast.
2: And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising on the show. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but we will be back on Thursday morning with the Ravens news you need to know.